being of the same mind toward one another. Next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Being of the same mind toward one another. An act of humility, really. So we'll see today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Ephesians chapter 4 and Philippians chapter 2. Also, save the date. It's coming up rather quick. June 4th, Saturday, 4.30 to 7.30. You're invited to join us as our special guest for our Truth For Today listener celebration. It all happens here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules at the Family Life Center. We've got food, fellowship, Ron Walters, our special guest, and of course you, our guest of honor. The Truth For Today listener celebration. Please join us Saturday, June 4th. Mark it on your calendar and plan on joining us, 4.30 to 7.30. And now, if you've located Ephesians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 2, let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. tells us to be of the same mind one toward another. What does that mean? How is that possible? Look uh, at Ephesians. No, pardon me. Well, Ephesians will say it too. We'll take Ephesians 4, and then we'll go to Philippians 2. And it tells us we ought to walk in a worthy manner with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Now look at Philippians 2. So if, and in the Greek it's a sense, there's different conditions in Greek, and some are to be taken. For instance, when Satan said to Christ, if you be the Son of God, turn these stones to bread. It's a sense. He knew he was. So, since there is encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, and participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Now, most of us don't know what that means, and we don't want to know because we are stuck in our opinion. What does that mean? Being of the same mind. We can't even get married people to be of the same mind. You know we're all going to vote for having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Same mind, one mind. One way of thinking. If you know anything about people, you want to say, you're kidding. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind, and it's a command, and it's a present tense. Have this mind constantly in you, which is yours and which was in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to describe his humility and his stooping down from his position in heaven to the earth. Look at uh, the key verse that was used in our home Bible study to pivot off of this was Romans 12. Just to show you these various verses. 
12, 16. Live in harmony with one another. Has idea of think the same thing. Do not be haughty, but, is, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Now, let's explore how can you and I come to the same mind about anything as believers. What, I mean, uh, if you only knew how many churches have split over differences of opinion, right? Split over church music. That's a big one. That battle's been going on 20 years. I just had a man telling me that they've done studies that say if you're over 40, the music's always too loud. All you gray heads feel that way. You don't have to say it. We know that. They say those under 40, it's never loud enough. Why this difference? Well, they say those over 40 remember singing. They remember harmony. Anybody listen to country music? You might have lost your wife in your pickup, but at least they had harmony. <laughs> parts. You know, my own family, my dad's brothers, everybody was catching parts, catching parts. You loved it. Get your part. Get your, uh, and I, I was a rover. I got anything that was left. <laughs> but it didn't matter. We knew harmony. We loved harmony. I can't stand heavy metal music. You'd be amazed. At, I know guys around here on our staff that love it. Pray for their sanctification. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Wait, I've said, you can't even hear a harmonic. You, there's no riffs there that make sense. It's boom, boom, okay. Don't. Because those over 40, they say, grew up with harmony, maybe singing, school, family, church, and they want to hear themselves sing when they come to church, right? Now, we have a terrible building for singing. It's terrible. Uh, if we were doing it over, this is the latest. This is what young people like, but it goes whoop right up. Holy Ghost Hall was made for singing. Hardwood ceiling, hardwood floors made. It resonated. It's great for rock concerts, Holy Ghost Hall, because it just resonated. And you hear yourself sing. This building, you can't. If you all sang... We'd barely get it. I couldn't hear you, Harley. It's just way, it's just absurd. It's terrible for singing, which I hate because I love to hear you sing. But if you're under 40, you don't want to hear yourself sing. And you don't want to hear your neighbor sing. Boom, 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 boom. I want to feel it. I don't want to sing it. Huh? Come on, I'm just telling, I'm putting your prejudice out on the table. Over 40, under 40. So who do you play music for? He said, well, the Lord. Well, it all sounds like noise to him practically. I mean, you got angels singing to you all the time. I hope you're not impressed with yourself. I mean, we do the best we can. And so how do we make decisions? Uh, we live in an age of tolerance and relativism. And let me quote to you from John Piper uh, when he defines what relativism. He gives four criteria. 
your relativists if you think this way. There is no objective external standard for measuring the truth or falsehood of a statement. There is no absolute measuring rod for any statement made. That's a relativist. We have nothing to measure what was said. Who said that was right? Who said it was wrong? Who determines if it's right or wrong? That's why some atheists who are relativists could never judge Hitler for killing Jews. Who said it's wrong? See, if you don't believe in some absolute standard, you can do whatever you want. Who said it was wrong? I make my rules. I'm a German. I'm in Germany. I could dominate with a gun. There are no rules. You've got to believe there's some external, absolute standard to ever break a rule. And relativists, really, if he takes it logically, doesn't believe there's an absolute. So, my opinion is as good as yours, right? Right? Sure it is. And on things that the Word of God has not spoken on, your opinion is your opinion and mine is mine. Let me give you a good example. We were uh, uh, building the Family Life Center. We were like in a deacon elder meeting. And when we were coming to the wrap-up on that, our architect, uh, and, well, got building it, he, he had a color scheme that he presented to the men. And we said, absolutely not. We're already depressed. It was black stone on the floor, if you remember. Black, this... Nightmare to maintain, night, it just blah, blah. And guess what? It, brilliance came to light. We said, we want a woman to decorate the building. We do not want any man to pick the colors. All you soberness, eat it up. We went out and hired a fine Christian decorator. She did a great job. And we can live with the colors. Well, those guys what I came up with would have been Mud. Mud. The construction guy could build like a charm, but please don't pick the colors. Now, wait. Wait. What makes one color more right than the other? So that's my taste. Everybody ought to like vanilla ice cream. No, no, that's your opinion. In matters of taste, there is no argument. If I like vanilla, you can't convince me to like chocolate. Do you know that? Are you aware of that? I'm sure you are. See, when everything God hasn't spoken on, you've got an opinion. And many times we fight over that difference of opinion. As though mine is the standard. It's not. I want it to be, but it's not. Two, there may be an external standard, but we can't know if there is. Okay, there might be some absolute out here, but nobody knows what it is. So we're in the same predicament. Three, there is an objective standard. We know it is there, but no one can figure out what it means. So it can't function as a universally valid standard. It's there, but you don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. We say two males shouldn't be having sex together. That's your opinion. No, we said, no, that's the word of God. Show me that. I don't agree. Who wins the argument? 
We got many people in the church ordaining homosexuals to be pastors. How can the church be so confused? They differ on what the Bible says, or the Bible doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. How do you determine politics? You know, the Republican debates, have they not been informative? <laughs> Just trash each other. Haven't dealt with one single policy that made sense. Just trash the opponent. You call that leadership for our nation? And, of course, many of you want to vote Bernie in because you want a free education. There may be an external objective standard, but I don't care what it is. I'm not going to submit to it. I'm not going to base my convictions on it. I will create my own standards. That's what we are today. I acknowledge no standard beyond my opinion. Now, let's come to us believers. Are we relativists? Do we get that chance? Uh, let me walk you through 1 Corinthians. I don't want to preach it, but I like to interpret it as we go through it, okay? 1 Corinthians 2. Let's pick up at verse uh, 6. And I'm, I just want to interpret this as we go through. Yet among the mature... We do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. All the way through 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, two wisdoms are at odds with each other. God's wisdom versus the world's. So he's pivoting. He's not saying we ought to be brainless, that we shouldn't have wisdom. He's saying there's two ways of interpreting the world's way of thinking and God's way. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. God revealed it, but they didn't get it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Can you imagine the smartest men of the world said, kill God? You mean you can't recognize God when he's among you? No. We're going to kill him. That's the greatest folly of the wisdom of this age. When God walks in town, they crucify. So then he says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you have ever heard that verse at a funeral? We have a, no imagination what heaven's going to be like. This is all about heaven. It's not about heaven. Now watch. What you couldn't see, what you had not heard, and your heart could not imagine, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. God's word is a revelation, an unfolding of his secret, of his mind, of his heart. What we could have never figured out with our eye, our ear, our heart, our imagination. He said, what we couldn't figure out, God has revealed. Now, the issue is, how did he reveal it? Well, he says here, he did it through the Spirit, okay, all right, that's nice, but could you give me a little bit more clarification? 
For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Spirit knows God, his mind. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person? So your human spirit is involved with understanding, which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So far, so good. Would you agree? Can't hear you. The Spirit knows God's thoughts. But how does the Spirit get God's thoughts to us? That's the issue. Revelation, I'm going to reveal what you can never figure out. I'm going to do it by means of my spirit. Yes. So am I a mystic sitting around? Spirit, tell me. Spirit, tell me what God thinks. Spirit, spirit, spirit. And we got a bunch of mystical people that are that way. God tells them everything. Watch and watch. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Okay, okay, you told me that, Lord. Watch. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Well, why do we need the Spirit? That we might understand, think, the things Freely given us by God. What has God freely given to us? The things he revealed in verse 10. The things we didn't see, think, feel, figure out. He has revealed them to us. Now watch. And we impart this in, what does it say? Not mystical feelings, but words. Now watch this. Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Now watch this. I'm doing ESV to keep you confused in what Bible you own. But it's really the word ought to be comparing spiritual truths to spiritual words. What's he saying? The Spirit is going to take what God is thinking. And through the agency of the Holy Spirit, God's going to reveal to us in words. And what kind of words? Words born to us by the Holy Spirit. And he's going to take spiritual thoughts, God's thoughts, and put them in spirit-chosen words. So the Bible is God's revelation of his mind, revealed his thoughts, in the exact words, for all Scripture has been breathed out by God. So I've got a revelation. I've got the Spirit bringing it. And now I hold in my hand this revelation. God's mind in words. Now, Timothy said it's God breathed. So sometimes I said your Bible is breathing. It's a breathing book. It's God's breath. It's God's mind. Now watch. Watch. You say, man, that's great. Everybody gets it. Watch. Verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They just don't welcome them. 
as the princes of the age did. Why? For they are folly to him. And notice, he is not able to understand them because they are the Holy Spirit. The Bible just read, I started praying afresh over the Bible because I was getting bored reading it. And God said, you don't pray like you used to. Please teach me your word. I don't want to say I read three chapters. I want to hear God's voice. Today, if you'll hear his voice, turn my eyes into ears. I want to hear you. Ink and paper, that's all that is. All that is is ink and paper until the Spirit of God makes it alive to you. Non-believers can write as good books on the Bible as us. They know Hebrew. They know Greek. They can think. They just don't think Christ is it. We've got to have the spirit. The natural man does. Now watch. Watch. We're not done. Don't rush ahead of me. Watch this. The spiritual person judges all things. He's able to discern it but is himself to be judged by no one. The unsaved can't figure us out, but we can figure them out because we've got God's perspective. Should. Now watch this. Watch this. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? How can I know what God thinks? You don't believe me. How can I inform God? How can I figure God? And God's saying, listen to me. You can't figure me out. I had to reveal my mind, and I revealed it through the Spirit in words, in Scripture. Now watch this. But we have the mind of Christ. Now, I, I uh, used to wonder, I took that for years when I read it. I, subjectively, I've got the mind of Christ. So don't ever differ with me because i got the mind of Christ. You're differing with Christ when you differ with me. Boy, I love that, especially as a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess, honey. i got the mind of Christ. What do you do when you get another pastor in the room and say, well, I do too, and I disagree. And I say, get in the spirit. Watch. I have the mind of Christ objectively revealed in words in a book. There's the mind of Christ. And I've got it because I've got the Holy Spirit in me that teaches me this book. But what if I never consult this book and everything is just my opinion? And who, who cares if there's a standard out there? This is the way I think it ought to be. You're not telling me what to do. I said, no, no, no. We have the mind of God revealed in words in a book. Do you know what the book says? No, I don't care. I'm not governed by his words. I make my own rules. I make my own standard. Well, you're just as pagan and just as atheistic as somebody else, aren't you? But you need to know, first of all, what we are to think and the way we're to feel towards one another must be governed by the Word of God. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us. 
As we mentioned at the beginning of our broadcast, we have a very special date that we would love for you to save and then join us on. June 4th, 4.30 in the afternoon until 7.30, here at Valley Bible Church at the Family Life Center here in Hercules, we have our Truth For Today listener celebration. And please, won't you join us for a celebration of God's goodness to the Truth For Today ministry since 1997. It'll be catered. We'll have a lot of wonderful fellowship together. Ron Walters will be our special guest, and we would love for you to be our even more special guest, as it is through your involvement with this ministry on a regular basis, listening, partnering with us, that we're able to continue the ministry here on KFAX. So save the date, June 4th, for our Truth For Today listener celebration, 4.30 to 7.30 here at Valley Bible Church at the Family Life Center. If you need further information, give us a call at 855 833 9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.org, for more information that we have there as well. Now, to obtain a copy of today's program, have a prayer request, maybe you have a question about the broadcast. Again, that same phone number applies, 855-833-9864. Or Truth For Today Radio, and drop us an email while you're at our website. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We do hope to hear from you soon, and trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.